Two Perspectives. The podcast about creative coding and generative design by Patrick Hübner and Tim Rodenbrücker. Hey everyone, great to have you here with us for another episode. Um, in the last episode, we talked about the fundamental creative strategies of generative design, and today we want to dive deeper into that and get somewhat real and talk about how to get started, how to use technologies and approaches, and especially how to stay motivated in the whole process. And uh, with me today, as always, is my good friend Tim, Hello. who uh, probably like no other has uh, devoted his time to really trying to figure out how to get people um, you know, onboarded with creative coding, generative design, and how to do it in a very non-technical way initially, I guess, but just in one that is fun and very approachable. And today uh, we want to talk about um, something quite new um, that he's done uh, because he's created uh, a special work on uh, multiple aspects and ideas on how to get started and how to stay motivated. So I'm just going to hand it over to Tim to like talk a little bit about it and then we're going to dive into the whole thing. Yeah, everyone. Hi, it's amazing to be back here after a few weeks of pause. Uh, yes, I've been preparing a, a scientific, let's say, it's, it's kind of a scientific work uh, because I'm currently studying digital media and experiments at the Fachhochschule Bielefeld. And uh, I'm just doing this master to dive deeper into the, you know, to dive deeper into the psychology of my students and learn how to teach creative coding in a good way. And I've pre just prepared a work about learner's psychology. And I've just, the title is Demystified Technology. <laughs> and it basically consists of many prompts that I want to give my students or that I want to uh, communicate to my students how to overcome specific obstacles and problems in the learning process of creative coding. And uh, yeah, I've just prepared uh, seven kind of prompts and tips. And uh, the first one is called Start With Why. So <laughs> Patrick and I, we both are big fans of Simon Sinek's books, uh, Start With Why, or basically his philosophy about starting with the why and you know, kind of building a philosophy onto something with the power of the why. And I think in the learning process of creative coding and basically probably in anything, it's very important that you understand why you want to learn it, right? What the, what is the driving force behind? And um, yeah, in my work, I've just listed a few different different um, situations or different whys for my students that I can identify with or maybe can identify with. Or This is kind of the foundation to formulate an own why. So, uh, Patrick, what is your why? I mean, you also have something <laughs> like a why in your work, right? Yeah, true. Uh, and it's really funny. I, I want to just point out that I guess like um, everything you've also, you're also pointing out here, we kind of sometimes even just stumble upon. Um, and it's kind of cool to see it in such a, you know, concise package again, because I mean, I think especially if you start out, you usually don't see that path, right, of, you know, certain aspects which are really relevant. And uh, this is why I'm so, why I've looked so forward to uh, doing this episode because I think sharing that a little bit is really just super helpful. Yeah. So, yeah, my why? Um, yeah, good question. I think we had a lot of discussions uh, on talks <laughs> and I, I don't know if I can really point it out, but I'm personally really... Um, I guess interested in um, just exploring how, um, let's say, uh, data can be transformed into stories. So how you can take something which you know is in a very different form, and you you know can turn that into something that actually emotionally 
um, is able or which is able to kind of emotionally reach people or which which just tells a story which becomes something more than just the sum of its parts and which I guess is is a very abstract why but um, it's still something I just love about you know um, technology in general and creative crowding if you approach it from yeah, from a designer's, from a storytelling perspective, mm. just because um, usually people focus on so many other things. But it's for me, it's always about people. So my why might also be, I don't know, reaching people with, uh, I don't know, different stories or something. You know, it's, it's difficult to say. But um, so that's the core thing that I'm really interested in. Um, and I just want to point out really, um, you know, this why is so important. But when agencies, for example, reach out to me, they, they say like, look, I saw this really cool project. We want to do something like that. And, you know, my first question almost literally always is why? Because, um, you know, just seeing something and saying, I want that too, doesn't really make a lot of sense. You, you got to have a reason for, you know, wanting to work, you know, with this field or this approach or all this other stuff. So I think that's something that people quickly forget when they see, you know, the technology, they forget everything else about it. So this is why I really love that you point that out also as the very first element, because it's always about finding a story and a reason and a meaning behind it. Absolutely. Well, since I am uh, working with this why uh, philosophy or this why method, methodology, uh, I always think about this. So this is a, just like a pattern that I've just internalized for myself. And um, yeah, my personal why is to, I want to empower young creators for a digitized future, right? And I think there are so many things beyond this because Uh, teaching creative coding is a process or learning creative coding is a process to to get empowered for specific challenges that will happen in the future. I mean, the world is digitizing uh, in, a, in a rapid tempo, in a rapid pace. And um, yeah, for me, it's very, very important also to, to bring my students into a situation to be able to reflect and question digital technologies, digital innovations. And that's something I find super, super valuable. By the way, this is very inspired by the doctoral thesis of Georg Togemann uh, or by a book by Georg Togemann. I'm not really sure if it's his doctoral thesis, but it's called Code at Art and the introduction is phenomenal, right? It's really, really cool. It's amazing. I mean, it's really also, I mean, that, thesis um, but everything else is i love the word empower just because um it is about taking something back which you may have possibly lost or never mm -hmm. even had um, and that's just creative freedom and the way to kind of express yourself and to use these technologies in whatever way you want them to work i think that is one of the also most cool aspects of creative coding generative design just that you get to build your own tools and that stuff if if you want to learn more about this I, i'm pretty sure that we talked about this in the first two episodes <laughs> yeah. in more detail but i think it's still one of those things which is also why um uh, really you you are being more empowered by not just using like all the commercial products which are out there but you can really do whatever you want with this and you are totally free to tell those stories and uh also think about aspects differently because what usually happens is if you're in this like pipeline of you know photoshop illustrator whatever you you start to think in certain patterns and while that might not necessarily bad it's also quite limiting actually and creative coding kind of forces you to um just take a step back and explain everything you want to do in detail once more and i think that's an interesting um, process of just discovering things totally differently absolutely so in the future and i'm by the way i'm just preparing the English blog posts of all these points that I've just collected here in this work, I encourage my students to, uh, or I want to encourage my students in the future to formulate 
their own why in two sentences, why they just attend to my course, why they sign up for my Patreon, right? So that's basically a very, very important question. And I try to inspire them by giving them a few hints like, you know, maybe you've seen an artwork that inspired you or you want to learn how to develop on design tools. Um, you want to, you know, get a, get a good job as a creative developer in an agency or something like that, right? I think this is very helpful for them to, to find their own why. Well, I think it's super helpful because usually, I mean, I, I got drawn to this field just by kind of being really interested and intrigued, but I couldn't say why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mean, you can change the why, I guess, and you, yeah. you can adapt it, but still like having something like that gives you a path forward because there's like a million possibilities and things you could do, but you can't do them all, right? So, I mean, that's like really, if you just say, this is the thing which motivates me the most, it really helps you to select um, you know, which building blocks help you on your path forward the most and which ones you might for now at least mm. not pay that much attention to because they might not be that super relevant. I definitely lost a lot of time to not having my, my why and, and kind of just, you know, wandering off in all directions, which isn't necessarily bad, but it's sometimes not very focused. And so that's, I think, a really good thing to give your students as a hint. And I think it's um, just as much uh, applicable to the quote-unquote real world of, you know, agency design and all the other stuff, right? Because uh, also there you need to have a very clear goal, especially as, you know, um, budgets and time are always very constrained. So that's also really um, one of those things, how you get better projects um, that, you know, are more successful. I mean, we could keep talking about this probably for hours, but like, yeah, what's your next thing, man? What's, what's the next point? <laughs> the next one is start with processing. Hmm. So that's something I've been thinking about a lot in the beginning, right? So I'm quite good in processing because I just practiced it many years before and I'm always kind of stayed in this basic sphere. That's something we are going to talk about also in one of these prompts later. But uh, starting with processing, from my point of view, is a good decision. What do you think, Patrick? Yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, if on the odd chance that somebody doesn't know what processing is, it's uh, basically a, a you know software sketchbook um, which allows you to start learning creative coding, generative design in a very visual way. So if you haven't heard of it, um, definitely, as Tim says, an absolute uh, treat uh, to check it out. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a lot of discussions about that, and I feel that processing indeed is a great approach if you really want to get your hands dirty, just because I think it hits that sweet spot between needing to learn to code, so it's not a visual environment, you don't click together notes and then use it that way, but you have to learn how to code, but it's still something which it takes away as much of the pain of development as possible at that stage, because you are definitely already struggling with, you know, just generally learning how to code. So I think it's a, it's a beautiful environment. It's a safe place. It's a wonderful community. Um, there's loads of resources if you ever get stuck. So it's, it's definitely something that I think is the best choice for anybody starting out. Um, just to be in the safe space, right? And if you are interested in learning uh, processing, just go over to my website. I'm offering many courses. I have lots of tutorials there and you can really start tinkering with some example codes and stuff. Yeah, from my point of view, uh, the, the largest decision when I've developed my curriculum uh, was this decision between P5.js and processing, because I'm also a very, let's say, active web developer, right? I'm doing web development for clients since many years, and uh, that's something I'm very used to as well. And yeah, but I still feel that processing is the, from my perspective, it's the better dive in to the world of, of creative coding because it just 
as you already said, it just hides all the complexity. It just, you know, it just does what, what you tell it. And you don't, you are not confronted with some weird bugs and errors when you work with images and stuff, which is the case in P5.js. So, um, yeah, I'm still very happy with my decision, but I'm also thinking about, you know, making the shift from processing to the web, which is another huge topic. But, you know, that's also something I'm going to work with in the next years, I guess. And um, yeah, but processing is a wonderful start. It's really cool. And what I also want to point out here, it's it's basically if you want to start with something like a programming language, if you want to learn something like this, first of all, it doesn't really matter what technology you learn because the patterns and the principles are basically the same. So also in P5.js and processing, it's not that much a difference. So the API, the syntax is very, very similar. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see like another episode coming up, like uh, processing uh, versus the web and like all the advantages and disadvantages. So definitely maybe the, the last thing to point out about this is that I do, however, believe that while processing is something great to get started, it's definitely not where you will end up, right? Because yep. um, it has its limitations, um, among other things that it, you know, it only runs on a computer. You have to download a software, you know, the editor is, while good, you know, not something you would use in a professional context, I guess, and um, all of these things. So it definitely has its limits, um, but it's something great to just get started. And after that, yeah, I think moving on to the web or, or I don't know, super advanced uh, things, uh, you know, but whatever you learn there, you can also apply that to uh, Unity or Unreal Engine or, you know, whatever, anything where you can code. Uh, Blender is, is, you know, whatever you do, um, as Tim says, those core principles, uh, they will apply, uh, but you will have learned them in a, in a, I still believe, very fun way because in processing, unless, you know, the code doesn't run at all, you know, even if you make a mistake, it usually looks pretty cool. I mean, some of my coolest sketches <laughs> early on were those where I didn't know what I was doing, but I, you know, I screwed up and it still looked awesome. So and that's the really cool thing about using visual output to learn coding in general, even if you're not an artist, just because um, instead of just wrong number and uh, too bad, uh, you, you get a cool visual treat sometimes. So <laughs> that's a good thing. It's very close to what we've been talking about here in this, in this processing uh, thing. Uh, I, I just titled this chapter, Learn the Basics. And that also points to the fact that uh, it doesn't really matter what kind of language you learn because the basics or the fundamentals are always the same. Like, you know, all these programming language with languages have functions, conditional statements, variables, objects, uh, and all that stuff, right? It just repeats over and over again. So from my point of view, it doesn't really matter. Uh, if you want to learn programming, uh, which um, environment you use, even though processing is a wonderful tool to get onboarded, and that's a term I often use, to onboard young creatives for creative coding, right? So um, I think that's also something I've been focusing a lot in the last years, looking at the basics, looking at how, how I can use them, right? Not going too much into complex libraries or things I don't understand. I always try to stay in the sphere of the things I really can control and that I can really understand. So I would probably like from my perspective, change that a little bit to um, stay true to the basics or, you know, still stick to the basics because what I usually see in the agency world is that people see this new technology, this, you know, creative approach and they totally go overboard and they forget that, you know, obviously every good campaign, every good story, anything you do in the design world, it still follows certain basic structures and those are not magically you know, overwritten 
by uh, creative coding, they still apply. You just have different tools at your disposal, which is, I think, so important to point out every and every time again, just because, um, uh, yeah, I just see people starting to think like, if we do this, everybody's going to love it. But, you know, in a lot of cases, you still need to tell like a simple story. You need to be very quick at, at reaching people. You need to be very good at actually, you know, containing them a little bit. You know, all of these things, you know, they still apply and they're not different. So from a creative standpoint, still your basic um, creative strategies and approaches, all, all of that stuff still applies. Again, I, I, I've pointed that out so many times just because people quickly forget it. It's not about the technology. The technology is yet just another tool at your disposal to do cool stuff with it. So I think these two things, the perspective you uh, explain from actually starting to, to use it and, and mine from kind of applying it later on, they, they still uh, come down to never forget the basics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the next tip or prompt is climb over that wall. And that is an image I always use in the first lesson when I start my seminars, right? Climbing over that wall is a very, very difficult process, right? The in creative coding, you've got still a very steep learning curve. And especially for people who never dealt with programming, this is kind of hard. Um, but uh, as Stigmola Hansen, as Dr. Ruthies has pointed out, it's, it's, a, it's a threshold concept. That means if you just reach a specific point, your complete perspective changes. I compare this with climbing at the top of the wall and seeing the sacred land of possibilities, hmm. right? So if you are in the beginning, you don't see that sacred land because you're just in front of this wall. And when you climb it up, you see all these possibilities that are, are yeah, that you can, all these ways you can, you can go. Uh, with creative coding and that's magical absolutely i mean we've talked about music also a lot of uh, you know in our analogies here just because we both you know uh play multiple instruments and i think it's the same way probably in every every skill you learn you know it takes a while to you know get over that first threshold and obviously one thing you realize is there's always going to be next one so you just gotta have fun along the way i mean especially uh, you know the, with the title of this podcast i mean this is really the territory where it's about you know, being and staying motivated, right? I mean, you always have to have certain things you strive for, you work towards, right? Yes. And not, you know, in the too distant future uh, or in the too distant sacred land, not too far away, um, but just something you can reach, but always have, have in mind that there's definitely more coming and even cooler stuff. You know, the, the most awesome thing I would say about creative coding is that, or generative design, once you start to um, gather certain knowledge, all of that adds up to much more than, you know, what it initially was. I would say it's uh, the curve mm -hmm. really grows exponentially in what you can do with your skill set yeah. because initially it's going to be slow. But then, you know, if you say, wow, and if I combine this with that concept, you know, that is going to make something extremely awesome. And mm -hmm. um, that's definitely something you just got to keep in mind, right? I mean, it's, it's going to get better quick um, if you just, yeah, kind of find your cool little projects to work on and if you stay motivated. Yeah, I love this idea of combination so the, the 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 book generative design or generative gestaltung which has been released i think 2009 in the Verlag Hermann schmidt um, also was structured like you know basic principles and then the 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 last chapter was combinations of these principles and that was really a magical idea because that's basically when it gets interesting right when you just connect these ideas these 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 principles Yeah, that's, that's really where the creativity happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, guys like Tim uh, and his course, you know, they definitely help people to get over that initial threshold. And uh, again, I, I'm very certain to have fun while doing it. I think 
If it's about motivation, um, long-term goals are important, but you will never reach those if you don't have fun. So if you're not having fun, whatever you're trying to do right now, then maybe just do something else in terms of, you know, projects or concepts or whatever. Because I, I think you have to struggle maybe just a little bit, but I mean... I saw you learn creative coding yourself uh, back in the day, and I think there wasn't a single day where you didn't have fun doing it, right? So, I mean, you never forced yourself, did you? <laughs> I mean, it's like in the end, if you find good stuff, um, it's just cool. I mean, or was that different? I can't tell this story often enough, <laughs> but, you know, this coding in the woods thing, right? Renting a cabin together with you and Lucas to um, learn creative coding was my climbing the wall experience, right? It was really the the kind of environment that I needed to really get on board and uh, yeah before it was a very dusty <laughs> environment for me it was or cloudy it was very difficult to see the way right but um, yeah it just took this one week of concentrated and focused work to uh, yeah to really get started and that's what I that's what I try to uh, reconstruct in my teaching and in my seminars in my courses right I know it's still very difficult right I mean I I um, create online courses that can be consumed via a website, right? It's something different than, you know, renting a cabin and coding together. And I also have to say that you are so experienced and you always have been experienced in pro uh, programming. So it really helped to have someone uh, next to me like you, who is able to basically answer any question that I had, right? That was really, really helpful. And always pointing out that there's uh, something even bigger behind it right and you know it's definitely a lot of interesting discussions we had <laughs> absolutely absolutely how many more awesome tips do we have uh, what about overcome the trauma overcome the trauma points to the experience in school where people get traumatized through uninspiring programming courses uh, another one maybe that's that's a quite interesting one also for the people who are already on board let's say uh, find the bug or fix the bug learn how to fix problems I don't have a good headline yet so it's still in german but i think yeah learn to fix problems i think that's a very important um, thing it's very important for people starting with programming is that fixing problems is an essential part of the whole thing right you have to build an attitude on problems or a kind of a methodology to solve problems and bugs that is effective right and that's something that also helps you in life that's very very important and very interesting i think i love these parallels between life and programming that's something i'm always looking for <laughs> so um yeah so i did everything wrong in the in the beginning i really did so many mistakes i posted my questions completely unfiltered to stack overflow until they kind of dropped me out of the <laughs> of the community i don't i don't remember if they really dropped me or if they warned me to drop me out of it <laughs> but um yeah that was a you know, I just did it so wrong. And then I started to learn how to fix problems. Patrick, how do you fix your problems in code? Well, I mean, again, I mean, I, I like to take on the perspective of not just talking about code, because I think that's definitely something you already do quite well with the students. But um, I mean, maybe in a different metaphor, it's really about um, always finding better solutions than what you already have as well. Because I mean, even though something might work, there might also be a better way of doing it. I mean, I, I constantly try to just improve on what I have, right? I mean, it's not about really fixing bugs in general, but also about never being satisfied with what you have and, and going a step further, um, which I think is just also a, probably more of a, a creative strategy than probably something very technical. Um, if you wanted to get me started on how to fix bugs, uh, you know, we could do like a whole episode on that, but I don't know. <laughs> 
that's probably not going to be that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I can uh, I can tell you my four steps that I found. I don't know if that's the let's say that the best way to do that, but the first thing I would do is just isolating the problem right writing a sketch or if you are working in processing for example uh, which is very complex um, then it makes sense to isolate the problem to kind of recreate the smallest application that has this problem in it and then um, it always helped me to describe the problem right write a text about it write questions that i have right uh, that's step two The third step is to ask someone who's, you know, maybe able to, to help you. But before, I think it's very important to try to solve the problem by yourself because that's a very important training you need, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the last step is asking in a community. Well, it's that's not really valid for my Slack community because the Slack community is there to ask questions, right, for beginners. That's basically... Uh, it's it's totally fine to ask questions there, but if you are alone, I think asking in a community like the Processing Forum, for example, uh, should be the last step. Oh, I forgot one step here, as I can see. I, I forgot to Google the problem, which is very, very important. It's probably the most important thing. Oh my goodness, I totally messed this up. <laughs> uh, especially those first two points, though. I, I however, though, that was what I meant by, you know, trying to improve, because if you try to identify and describe a problem, um, you will always learn something from it, right? And, and that's what I meant. It's not just finding a bug in code, but it's also maybe finding a flaw in your story or finding a flaw in your campaign. Write it down, what you really want to do. And um, that's the cool thing also about creative coding, generative design. Um, it kind of forces you to explain in very specific detail to a computer what your goal is and, and how you would want that to achieve. And for me as a designer, as a creative person, I think that has been one of the most valuable aspects of what I took away from this because that's a skill that translates to everything you do, right? Whenever you do it. I mean, being able to specifically explain how something could should work um, is really really uh, valuable um, with teams with friends uh, I don't know with your girlfriend with whatever right so I mean <laughs> that's definitely uh, something yeah I think I love that you always have these analogies to the real world I, I do those um, myself all the time because it's not happening in isolation what we're doing here I mean the skills you learn in this field they go way beyond the borders of just coding i mean that's uh, something that definitely opens up your world in, in different levels we should definitely do a philosophy episode at one point yeah. I and mean, that's definitely going to be a cool one <laughs> totally i mean this is already a bit philosophy but sure let's do it totally up for this i think we have time for one more and then we should probably wrap it up what's what's the best one that we haven't talked about mm, the best one is already we already talked about the best ones <laughs> i think um learn the basics climb over that wall Overcome the trauma, start with processing. Okay, we've got two more. Let's say overcome the trauma is very quick, uh, quickly described. I think that um, schools, uh, and that's what I experience also in my seminars in the universities when I teach creative coding to bachelor and master students, is that many of them have been traumatized through uninspiring programming courses in school. And uh, that means they have been forced to, you know, write code, but they didn't exactly understand why. So this already, uh, again, connects with the start with why prompt <laughs> and tip. Yeah, and that's it's a catastrophe because, I mean, this uninspired way of learning it is, is like, you know, you're just basically destroying the opportunity or the, or the perspective on programming, which is an amazing thing, right? It's amazing to learn programming. You can do so many things with it. You can connect to amazing people with it. I could, you know, list 
200 reasons why people should learn to code. But um, I, I think it's a catastrophe that people get traumatized through these very uninspiring courses. And that's what I'm kind of trying to fight against. I feel like coding should be inspiring and creative coding is inspiring, right? Creative coding is a very good entrance also for people who want to code for, let's say, functional applications and, you know, for companies and stuff. So this is a very good entrance. And yeah, that's what this chapter says. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think these are definitely connected uh, because, I mean, I think it's always uninspiring if you don't have a why. And I uh, can imagine so many things from school where pe people just said you have to learn it. And then you ask why and they just say because. That's the worst thing to do. So Because I have to. <laughs> yeah, because you have to. Yeah, that's, like, that's like a really shit way of, of finding a reason. Because everything is really interesting if you look at it deeper. Yeah. Um, maybe just from that perspective of mine again, I also see that um, you know people who may have come before me in this world um, sometimes leave a meth with, with technology. It's sometimes easy to you know screw up such complex projects. So I do sometimes also see traumatized agencies um, who have tried to build like some cool generative application or some story with it, but it just failed because um, they were overambitious. They uh, they used the wrong people for it, um, you know, multiple reasons. But that's also something I try to overcome again by explaining the why. So whenever I um, kind of um, start a new project, unless the agency is obviously extremely experienced with something like this already, I try to kind of force them um, to, to listen to a little talk of mine and just introduce the topic and explain it. And also, um, I think by that, motivate them more because often it's like, okay, we want to win an award. Let's do something crazy. Oh, look, here's creative coding. <laughs> Let's try that. And um, then I say, look, guys, it's much more than this. And here's why it's really cool. And then people start to get super excited about it. So I think, yeah. again, yeah, yeah, this why and being uninspired, that goes hand in hand. If you don't have a good reason for it, absolutely. Yeah, I love your narrative, how you explain this to the creative agencies you work with, right? I, I love how you present your personal methodology and, and what drives you and stuff. I think this is very, very professional and it's very emotional as well, right? So, yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, man, it should be about emotions. I mean, we're all doing a really cool job. I mean, I love being in that field and it's super cool and, you know, you should always have fun doing it you know and that's like so important and uh, yeah I try to get that across whenever possible nice okay so from my perspective this is a very very nice uh, recording uh, of this of this episode I'm super happy Patrick some Last words to the audience? Some final thoughts. No, yeah, I mean, <laughs> just to recap, I mean, getting started and staying motivated are things which do take something from everyone. You need to want to do it, but there are so many awesome resources uh, among some of the best. Are definitely Tim's. <laughs> Thanks. Um, just, I don't know, find these small goals, find these small challenges, listen to the other chapters we've already recorded where we talk about um, some of these things just as much. Um, don't feel there's anything wrong you can do as long as you're having fun. It's definitely awesome. And initially just, I don't know, keep it simple, keep it consistent and be curious, I guess, uh, other goals to do here. And, um, you know, just do it. It's awesome. <laughs> Let me just one last time point out that I create courses for creative coding. I try to onboard creatives for this very, very exciting field. Uh, if you want to have an impression or get an impression how it feels to get started, uh, you can uh, become a Patreon, support me and 
the development of my platform, my curriculum. And uh, yeah, I would love to see you also in the Slack channel, maybe in one of our meetups. I've just started to plan new meetups uh, in the last week. And yeah, looking forward. All the best. Enjoy the process and uh, yeah, see you or hear you soon. <laughs> see you in the next episode. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs>